What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Fit Dad Club podcast. My name is Jason Barrett. I'm unfortunately not joined by Travis Jones today as he is getting an appendectomy of all things uh, to happen on a Thursday morning when we record this podcast. So uh, send your best wishes to Trav in his recovery and hopefully he can run his ultra marathon in uh, two and a half weeks time still, which he's planning on. So um, yeah, that's uh, that's where Trav's at. So you're going to get a solo episode with myself today. And at the top of the episode, I just wanted to remind you if you are are enjoying any of this content to share it with a friend if you are enjoying it then to uh, leave a five-star rating and review as well it does help out the podcast a lot um, and if you're a client of ours and you haven't uh, left us a review on google as far as how you've gone with our services and the results you've gotten would love to hear you do that as well uh, and even if you're not just leave us a five-star review anyway if you uh, if you've gotten some good results from following this podcast which i know a lot of people have so with that out of the way what i wanted to talk about today is creating the right plan and Beyond that, also adjusting the right plan because so many people can go out there. You can go to like ChatGPT or any of these AI things and plenty of people are giving out free programs and free plans and free things that you can follow, right? We do that here on this podcast. What, what the next step is, is how do you then adjust that plan over time? Because so many people will get stuck in the plan. And I had a client recently who just finished up who had been following the exact same training program for, I think it was like 10 years. 10 years time, he was following the exact same training program. Monday, you're doing chest, you know, Wednesday, you're doing back and the same exercises, same reps, same sets. And there's, it's just, there's not that much that you can do with just one rigid plan. There's, there's, I mean, you can put extra intensity and effort in and you can definitely get more gains out of it. But number one, for most people, that's fucking boring. But number two is you're not going to really be able to adapt that plan to when different situations come up or you start to have different goals. So for most guys, they'll get started and they'll want a plan because then it's like the plan is what gets results. So I have to follow the plan exactly. But there is a number of factors that go into why a plan doesn't actually work for you long-term. And the three main things that I want to talk about as far as creating the right plan before we get into sort of adjusting that plan over time is your timeframes, your expectations, and the results that you want to get. So number one is what kind of a timeframe are you working with? For all of the guys that we speak to, we want to have this be a lifelong thing. We want this to be a lifelong endeavor where you become a fit dad, where you move into being a fit dad. And that is something that happens for you for life. You don't just do, you know, 10 weeks, 12 weeks, 16 weeks of training and eating. And then, oh yeah, I've got lost, I've lost 10 kilos, lost 15 kilos. Now I'm just going to go back to the way I was. Cause that's what most people do. They'll do that. They'll go back to the way things were and they'll put all that weight back on and you know, they'll stay, usually they'll gain a little bit more weight than they lost in the first place. And then they'll go, oh, this doesn't work because they have got a set time frame in mind and then they don't make a lifelong change. So ideally most of these changes we're looking at are lifelong, but we'll talk about that when it comes to adjusting the plan. But for now, looking at just creating the right plan, you've got to say, all right, well, how long am I looking to, you know, how long am I looking to go on this plan for? Maybe you've got a wedding or a birthday or uh, you know, an event coming up that you want to get shredded for, whether it's summer or, you know, you just want to lose a, uh, as much weight as you can before your kid's birthday or something like that. You've got a milestone that you're working towards. That's that's point number one. You also might have a goal, which is not necessarily about the time frame, but you might have a certain uh, outcome you're looking to achieve. And you're like, cool, it doesn't matter to me how long it takes to get there until like uh, it just matters that I get there. 
And that's kind of the mentality that I would prefer you take when you are starting a plan. And this comes down to um, the expectations and the results side of things. So what results are you looking to get and what are your expectations? Because all three of these meld in together. What are your expectations on a weekly basis as far as results go? Do you think you're going to lose 10 kilos and then all of a sudden you're going to see your abs? Um, do you think you're going to lose 10 kilos and just start magically feeling better? Uh, or you know, what are the expectations? Of the, the For a lot of people, it's the hidden expectations around their goals and around the um, you know, expectations around the time frame, right? I should be able to lose this much weight in 10 weeks or in 16 weeks. And yeah, there is, there is, if you follow the plan, you know, a plan that can potentially get you there, but sometimes your body just doesn't cooperate. And sometimes life just doesn't cooperate. We've talked about this time and time again, randomness always, randomness never doesn't happen, right? Life is always random. There are things that are just going to be out of your control that you're just not going to be able to deal with. And that's okay. But that means that you might not be able to execute the plan as fully as you would like to. You might not be able to train as much as you'd like or eat all of the days within the calories that you'd like. So as a result, you probably won't get the result in the expected time frame. And even if you did all those things, you still might not get the result because there's still a level of guesswork and a level of, um, you know, there's an art to getting the right amount of calories and the right amount of training for your body. And your body will sometimes stagnate for two weeks and then drop and stagnate for two weeks and then drop. And it will happen randomly. And it, for most people, they can't handle that two weeks of, I'm not dropping consistently. I'm not losing weight as fast as I would like. So therefore, I've just got to throw the baby out with the bathwater. Oh, this doesn't work. I've had clients that have gone about two weeks without a drop. And then one of them recently dropped two kilos in two days out of nowhere. Right. Well, and not out of nowhere, out of out of seven to ten days of consistent work without giving up on the plan. Mentally, that can be very difficult. So you have to have your expectations in place. And you have to know that. And we've talked about going through breaking through plateaus on a previous episode. But if you're hitting a plateau, usually it's about, you know, a week, two weeks max, where you've got two weeks of no real results, no real changes. Um, you know, you're not feeling any better, you're not losing any centimeters, you're not losing any weight. That's a time to sort of pivot and make a change. But you've got to make sure your expectations are set that somewhere between 0.5% and 1.5% of body weight per week is what you're losing. And if not that, you're losing some centimeters around your stomach as you go. Those are usually the best metrics to understand, all right, I'm moving in the right direction. You're not going to be losing two kilos a week for 10 weeks, right? Some guys, if you've got a lot of weight to lose, yeah, you can start out with those bigger numbers because you're losing a bit of water weight as well. But you've got to stop setting your expectations just around the weight. It's not going to be a daily drop. It's going to be a weekly average consistent tracking thing. So when you're setting up your plan, have your expectations around what your results are going to be in terms of the time frame that you're looking at, making sure that you're not saying, oh, I want to achieve abs in 10 weeks when you're 20 kilos overweight. You're just not, you're not going to get there, right? There's going to be a process of losing that body fat and then building that muscle up before you're going to see abs. So know what results you want, know what time frame you've got to work with. And you know, a good coach will normally tell you, hey, is that realistic or not? Like we've talked about somewhere between 0.5%, 1.5% of body weight a week. If your goal is to lose you know, 15 kilos in 16 weeks, yeah, it's doable if you have 15 kilos to lose, but it might slow down towards the end because you're getting smaller and that percentage tends to decrease. You might have some weeks where you're 0.5, some weeks where you're 1.5, but you know, it's, it's, it is a doable goal, but it's a stretch. It's a good thing to aim for, but it's like, if your expectations are, I have to lose this much, then, you know, you're just going to burn yourself out because you're going to get down on yourself because you haven't achieved the result. 
So creating the right plan requires knowing your timeframes, knowing your expectations of what kind of results you want to achieve and knowing what result you actually want to achieve. Because so many people just say, oh, I just want to lose weight. It's like, all right, well, that's, or I want to get toned. It's like, well, that doesn't mean shit. You've got to get really clear on what result you want. And then once you have your timeframes, the expectations around knowing when, what, like what the, how long the results are going to take and what kind of results you can expect, then you've got to look at, well, what is my constraints, right? What is my constraints? So we've just talked about the outcome and essentially the end goal, right? How long it's going to take to get there, the expectations around it and what result we actually want to achieve. Now we want to talk about what are your constraints? We've talked about constraints before. As a dad, we know nothing is optimal. We can't go out there and download the most optimal training program five days a week with an hour in the gym each time and all this specialized equipment and going for 10,000 steps a day on top of that and getting nine hours of sleep and drinking five liters of water and taking all of these expensive supplements. Yeah, that's all well and good, but that's unrealistic for most guys. So you need to have a real honest conversation with what are your constraints? And rather than seeing your constraints as, oh, these are all the reasons why I can't do a plan, instead look at them as, no, what plan can I make that will fit within this goal? And the expectations that most people have around what they have to do in order to get the result is part of the problem. They'll expect they have to spend hours in the gym. They expect that they'll have to train you know, five times a week. They'll expect they'll have to eat chicken and broccoli. Those are not real expectations. Those are the ideas that the dieting industry has put into your head. And, you know, for most people that's that, Hey, that got results in the first place. Yeah. Because it's super extreme, uh, but it's not realistic. You can still eat family meals with your family. You can still have carbs. You can still have beer. You can still have bread. All of these things are okay. You can still eat meat. You can eat all the things that you want. You don't have to go on a rabbit food diet. You don't have to go for fasted cardio runs in the morning. You don't have to, you know, hit 12, 15,000 steps a day necessarily. Your goal is dependent on what you want to achieve and how fast you want to get there. Sometimes with your constraints, it means that you'll have to extend your time frame a little bit and that's okay, right? You might not be able to put in the work to get uh, enough steps up so that you're also eating enough calories where you don't feel like you're starving and also losing, you know, one to one and a half percent of body weight. You might only be losing 0.5% a week, but that's your constraints around your physical activity, your movement. That's one of the biggest drivers of fat loss is actually moving your body enough. So if you have that expectation and then you're like, oh shit, my plan doesn't actually fit that. You've just got to adjust your expectations. You've got to adjust your expectations around, usually for most people, it's around the time frame. It's going to take me a little bit longer and knowing, okay, cool. Even if it takes me a little bit longer, I'm still moving in the right direction rather than throwing everything out and saying, well, I can't do the plan that I want to do, which is going to get me the result in that time. So I have to change. I have to pivot, right? Because let's be honest, most people can get away with eating a bit less, but for some people, if you're still feeling a little bit too hungry, that might be an unsustainable plan of, you know, trying to do uh, only, only being able to fit in 6,000 steps in a day or four to 6,000 steps, depending on your job, you're working 12 hours in an office and you're driving an hour to and from work. And, you know, in those circumstances, yeah, you might not, end up, uh, you know, cause you might have to end up being like 14, 1500 calories to make that low level of activity still make you in a deficit to lose the body fat that you're looking to lose. That just might be the case. And you've got to accept that you have a certain, uh, set of constraints. 
but that might mean that you get up in the morning, ideally, you know, 15 minutes of just of, of hard work. We talked about this when we talked about um, getting abs in 15 minutes a day. You could then do small daily activities, small daily workouts that will move you towards your goal. It's not going to be crazy and it's not going to be the thing that, you know, it's not going to make it um, all of a sudden turn 4,000 steps into 8,000 steps a day. It's not what it's going to do, but it's just going to give you a plan to move forward with. It's going to give you something to latch onto and knowing that that will still get you results. This is the biggest thing. 15 minutes a day can still get you results. As long as you're tracking your sl- your food and you're making sure you're sleeping well enough, these things will continue to help you lose body fat because you're tracking. You're tracking your food, you're tracking your weight, you're tracking your progress. And then we can just adjust. So many people focus on training and they focus on, I don't have the ability. I had this conversation with a guy the other day. I don't have the ability to train, right? I can't train. Uh, as hard as I'd like, so I, you know, I, I just I'm not going to do it at all. I can't train in the program that's that's been assigned, so I'm not going to do it at all. It's like, well, why don't we create a plan that would work? Because we can help you lose this weight with 15 minutes a day. Everyone's I don't care who you are. You've got 15 minutes a day, if not 15 minutes, 15 minutes every other day to do something, whether it's a fucking sprint up and down the street or in the backyard with your kids. Or you've got the ability to do 15 minutes where every minute you do burpees and then you're, you know, the next minute you start, you do some dishes and then the second minute you do, you know, 10 to 15 burpees. That might be the way you got to do it, right? You're still getting that movement in, that little bit of extra burning because most of the results will come from your diet. And the diet is the easiest thing for us to control, but it's the thing that most people have big emotional attachments around and they just tend to go fuck it and they let everything go and they just eat whatever the hell they want because they're feeling down. So you've got to have, and hopefully through listening to this podcast, you've created and gotten some better ideas on how to manage your emotions, whether it's like with meditation or just awareness and understanding of, hey, I go to this food when I'm stressed or I'm angry. I need to find find out something different and do something different. Might be doing some burpees, might be doing some push-ups, might be going for a run, whatever. Even if it's a 10-minute run, doesn't fucking matter. All that matters is that you are doing something. You are moving the needle forward. This is the biggest thing when it comes to creating any plan, when it comes to the constraints of a dad, constraints of a parent in general. You've got to understand them. You've got to accept that they are there and you've just got to work around them and know that you are still working your way forward. You are still moving forward. The biggest factor in that is food. Making sure that you are not eating, overeating, not eating too much, keeping your food nice and simple. We've talked about this time and time again on the podcast with different meal prep hacks and ways to just kind of keep freezer meals and the uh, convenience options you can get that are not shit, right? Not ordering a pizza, ordering, you know, uh, Guzman and Gomez and getting one of their burrito bowls with the rice and the, and the meat, as opposed to getting a full burrito, getting Nando's where you can get the chicken tenderloins or a chicken burger or grilled, we can get a pretty healthy burger as well. Just not getting all the fucking sides and each shuffling them all in your mouth and then drinking five beers. These are the things that you can manage and still make progress. So when you are designing your plan, you've got to balance the trade-offs. The trade-off is usually between physical activity and the food that you eat. The more you move, the more you can eat and still lose weight. The less you move, the less you can eat and still lose weight. That's as simple as it needs to be. For a lot of people, it's like, oh, I've got to move more and eat less. It's like, yeah, you'll do that. You'll probably burn out after a while. So you've got to find a nice balance. You find that balance by tracking your results. So you've just got to understand that there is a trade-off. There is a trade-off between what your body is capable of and what your time is uh, allows you to do in terms of steps, in terms of training, as far as getting into the gym or having the home gym or doing some body weight stuff and lifting weights and doing some resistance training to build that muscle mass, which is always really important. There's a trade-off. You have you only have so many hours in a day, 
and there are may potentially be other priorities and hey you can fit in 10 minutes 15 minutes of something it's not going to be the most effective thing in the world but hear me here it is far more effective than nothing it's so much more effective than zero doing 10 to 15 minutes of something daily because guess what you do that over a week that's 70 minutes to uh fuck i'm challenging my math skills here 70 minutes to 100 minutes right you know an hour and a bit hour and a half almost a bit more than that of training in a week, right? <clears throat> hour and a half of training in a week is not bad, right? It's more than a lot of people do. And that's by doing 10 to 15 minutes of training per day. You can make that work. And you might not do it every single day, but most days will still add up over time. That is so much more activity that you're doing. And then you add that up over the course of a month and you've got, you know, f- uh, what would it be? It would be like four to seven hours of training over that month. That's not bad right? And that turns into 40 to 70 hours of training, a bit more than that, over the course of a year. Again, far more than if you were doing nothing. Think about what the idea of 40 to 70 hours of training over the course of a year could do to your body, right? It could drastically change it. That's a lot more conditioning you're putting your body through than if you were doing nothing at all. So you've got to balance the trade-offs and you've got to know that, hey, a small amount of activity means I have to eat a little bit less if I want to lose weight. The thing is, you've got to know when you can scale up and when you have to scale down. There are going to be times when you can do more and in those times you do more. There are going to be times where you can do less and in those times, accept that and do less. You might be on holiday, right? You might be uh, away for a conference and you're you know, in all day long and you've just got no capacity to do anything. You haven't got control over your own meals. As much as you would say that, most people can order a plate of food and leave half of it on the plate. I know a lot of us were trained to you know, finish your plate but you don't have to, right? It's either going to go to waste or it's going to go to your waste, right? And I know which one I'd rather it go to if I had the choice. I'm not going to eat the food just for the sake of eating the food if I was either full or done in terms of my goals, all right? I don't need to eat anymore. So when you can scale up your activity and your, uh, I guess, intensity and the ability for you to be in a deficit, then you've got to do that. If you've got, cool, I've got two to three weeks where work has eased up and I can get into the gym or I can do a bit more, do a bit more in those times, take advantage of them. When things scale down again, it's like, fuck, it's it's a little bit too hard. There's so much going on. Scale it down. That's okay. It's just knowing that you don't completely stop. You just have to accept that there are certain constraints and you've got to do what you can within them and still move forward. The biggest thing is making sure you're continuing to track, whether it's your food uh, or your body, both ideally, that is going to make sure you know the plan is working. So you've got to create this plan around your lifestyle. How often can you train? How many calories do you need to do? We've talked about finding a BMR calculator online. Um, There's plenty of those around there where you can set a rough goal in terms of your calories. There's plenty of free apps to track that sort of stuff. So once you get those things started and you start eating a bit more protein, eating a bit more veg, eating a little bit less carbs and fats, you're going to start losing weight without a doubt. How long that goes for depends on how big of a deficit you're in. If you're only in a small deficit, you'll lose a bit and then it'll kind of plateau a little bit because now you've lost weight, your BMR is a little bit lower, your body is burning less calories, so it needs less. You might also be moving a little bit less, who knows? So you've got to know in those times, what do I then do to pivot? We've talked about this before in terms of breaking through plateaus, as I mentioned. Give yourself about two weeks and then adjust, either step a bit more or eat a bit less. This is not a permanent plan. This is the thing I need you to understand. There is, this is not a permanent, I have to eat this way, I have to move this way and do these 15-minute workouts for the rest of my life. 
This is a temporary push in order to get the fat loss, right? In order to lose the 10, the 15, the 20 kilos. This is not a, I now have to do this all the time. Although, you know, you do want to make a change where, you know, once you get to that point, once you get to the point where you're happy and you've lost the 15, 20 kilos in order to maintain it, you might not need to do 10, 15 minutes every day. You might be able to get away with doing it every other day, but you can't just completely let it slip. There is a difference and a, I guess, a sliding scale of where you've been gaining weight, getting fatter, you know, getting more unfit and the fat loss plan, which requires dedication, tracking your food, uh, smaller portion sizes, not, not going over your calories, usually limiting shitty foods, right? This plan is temporary. You don't have to be on this plan forever. However, you can't just go straight back to this plan. You've got to go somewhere in the middle. You've got to get a midpoint where you are still doing some of the things that got you the result, probably a higher protein diet, probably managing your calories a bit, especially in the initial stages, starting to realize, all right, well, how much food can I eat? And this is why we recommend for all our guys, once they finish their fat loss, to go through a period of maintenance so they know how much they can eat and still not gain weight. And they go, okay, cool. Now I've got a real, because most people don't have that. They don't have a plan in their head of how do I eat to maintain? And that's what I've been doing for the last five weeks. Haven't been able to train. Just got back from Singapore last week um, after being out there with the family. And I was eating and tracking. I didn't track my food in Singapore, but still came back about the exact same weight because I had spent about three weeks eating at maintenance, which for me was about 23, 2400 calories. And by tracking my food and not really changing the food that I was eating, This is the big thing that people do. They change the food that they eat when they go from a deficit and and a fat loss plan when they go then to maintenance. They're like, oh, well, I've finished my deficit, so I don't need to eat these lean foods anymore. Now I can just go back to burgers and pizza and whatever. It's like, well, yeah, you can do that, but you'll have to make sure you manage your portion sizes because you went from eating one meal, which was, you know, chicken and maybe some, you know, stir fried chicken with noodles or whatever, you know, one of the dishes that we, you know, we make and we post for our guys. You might have something like that. And you're like, all right, well, I'm going to trade that out for, um, you know, a, a different dude. I'm going to do the pizza now instead. All right, well, you're going to be have to eat a lot less pizza to get the same amount of calories as is in that chicken noodle stir fry that you've made. Or instead, you can just have a fucking bigger serving of that chicken noodle stir fry. That's the difference between going from a cutting deficit plan to maintenance for most people should be scaling up their portion sizes, not dramatically changing their foods. Now, there are some people that when they are on a fat loss plan, they go on very stringent foods and they have to potentially if they're on very low calories and then they can add in obviously a few other things we've talked about before. When I go on a, um, a deficit, I'll go from eating uh, you know oats in the morning, like a big bowl of oats with uh, berries and peanut butter to doing a bowl of yogurt with berries and wheat beaks and no peanut butter right? That just dramatically cuts down my calories for my breakfast in the morning, gives me a lot more volume, but it doesn't change. It doesn't end up changing it too much because I'm tracking my food. I'm tracking how much the bowl of oats is. I'm tracking how much the bowl of yogurt is. And I know, all right, well, if I want to go from this to to maintenance, I now know that I can have that bowl in the morning um, of oats. I can then have a normal lunch and a normal dinner and I still won't gain weight, right? You need to have an idea of what this, this maintenance plan looks like because It is a temporary fixture that you will be eating this low and you'll be moving this much. There was now there's, there's like wiggle room for you to scale down your steps a little bit going from, you know, uh, 10, 12,000 steps a day to 8,000. Like you might be able to cut out a couple of walks, but ideally we're creating a, a pattern here where you enjoy going for the walks. The walks make you feel good. The walks keep you active. They help you with your, with, you know, cardiovascular disease. We don't want to drop back down to like two to 3,000 steps a day. 
right? So you've got to find a healthy middle ground for you that is sustainable. Because above all of this, you need to do something that is sustainable for the term that you're going to be doing it for. So for a fat loss plan, if your time frame is, you know, 16, 18, 20 weeks or so, you know, usually somewhere between, you know, like we've talked about 0.5 to 1% of body fat a week, what uh, of body weight a week, what is your time frame? Right, I'm looking to lose 20 kilos. Cool. So that's going to be somewhere between, you know, 15 and 25 weeks, call it 20 weeks on average, um, might be a little bit more, give yourself a bit of a buffer. And now, you know, okay, well, I've got to, whatever plan I'm doing, it's going to be sustainable for that period of time. You can't go balls to the wall straight away and then expect that you're going to be able to keep that intensity up for 20 weeks. You're not going to be able to push the responsibilities of work and parenthood to the side for 20 weeks. It's just not going to happen, right? Your marriage is going to break down as a result of that. And you can't push your wife to the side for that long either. So make sure that you know that, hey, I've got to do this. If I've got to do this, I'm going to do it for 20 weeks. So I've got to be able to do something that is sustainable for 20 weeks for me. Now, sustainable doesn't necessarily mean enjoyable. You don't have, like, you're not meant to necessarily love every single step of this process. This is the problem with society at the moment. Everyone is getting so caught up in, oh, but I don't love it. I don't love it. I don't love it. It's like, well, you're not going to do something that you love every single fucking day. We teach that to our kids. Not, you're not going to love brushing your teeth. You're not going to love eating your veggies. You're not going to love going to school every day. But there are some things that are a necessity, right? There are some things that it is important that you do, regardless of if you want to do them or not. Now, it does, this doesn't mean it's going to be a miserable experience, but it, it also means that just because it's sustainable doesn't mean it's like, oh, fuck yeah, it's really enjoyable every single step of the way because there are going to be times when it's not. But hopefully for you, the end outcome is enjoyable. The end outcome that you're working towards is like, cool, I know that right now doing some burpees every minute on the minute for 15 minutes, yeah, that's probably not going to be that enjoyable. But what that is stepping you towards and what that is getting you to move to, being that fit dad, being the best version of yourself with the most energy for your kids, that might be something enjoyable for you. That probably is something that you really enjoy and you'd really want to achieve. So when we look at our time frame, it's got to be sustainable for that time frame. So for a short-term fat loss phase, whether it's 16 weeks, 10 weeks, whatever, um, based on the amount of weight that we're looking to lose, it's got to be sustainable for that period of time. You know, if it's not, then you can take a break and go at it again. This is why we talk about mini cuts, right? If someone's in a bulking phase, looking to gain some muscle mass, we might talk about introducing a, you know, short cut in there for a couple of weeks. That's quite aggressive. You know, it might be really low calorie because it's for a short period of time. When you're looking at your maintenance plan, you've got to look at, well, what can I continue to do for the rest of my life? And it's like, well, yeah, it's really easy to say, well, I could do nothing for the rest of my life. I could do no gym, no training and eat whatever I want. Yeah, but then you just put all the fucking weight back on. So in order for you to maintain, you've got to look at, well, what is the minimum level of maintenance that my body requires to stay at this weight, to stay feeling good, um, to for me feeling healthy? And it might be two to three sessions a week. It might be eight to 10,000 steps a day, maybe going for one walk a day, like a lap around, a couple of laps around the block, um, you know, walk around your property, whatever it is, just to give you a few more steps and just a bit more movement in that day. That's going to be something that's important. You can do that with your family, with your kids. Those are the kind of traditions that promote good habits in children is going for walks, getting outside. So that might be the plan for you, but you are the only one that can answer that question. You're the only one that can answer the question of what is my longevity plan? What is my long-term plan look like in terms of what I can fit in my life? Uh, how do I need to adapt it to make that work? How do I need to adapt my fat loss plan to be a maintenance plan? 
right? And vice versa, when you are maintaining, how do you, or you've you know blown out a little bit, how do you adapt back to fat loss, all right? What do you need to fit in? Whether it's more workouts, more steps, less calories, right? These are all things that are important, but they all come down to having information, tracking your food, tracking your training, tracking your weight, your measurements, your photos, so you know when you are progressing and when you're not progressing. And this is why we recommend for so many people to con- uh, continue to keep a touch point on their weight when, even when they're not trying to lose weight. Because that way, every week, every two weeks, you know, you, you jump on the scales a couple of times a week, you're not necessarily logging it and making notes of it. You just know, hey, I am happy between this, you know, 85 to 88 kilo band. If I get above that, yeah, it's time to start reining it back in, right? That is a really good way for you to have long-term, uh, like long-term results and keep your results long-term because you're keeping in touch with what your results are. You're keeping in touch with where your body's at. You're continuing to do the activities and you're continuing to track, hey, like are my current activities keeping me where I need to be or are my current activities leading me off the track? Are they going, uh, are we going a little bit too, uh, too far left, so to speak? The final thing is when you are in this situation, you need to have commitment to your goal and you need to have flexibility in your approach. So you need to be committed to the outcome you're wanting to achieve and you need to have a big reason why you're wanting to achieve it. So you want to achieve uh, fat loss. All right, cool. We want to lose 10, 15 kilos. Why? Well, so I can be a better version of myself. So I can be a better dad, have more energy, get down on the floor, play with my kids, run around with them, have, be not puffed out, not be embarrassed when I take my shirt off at the beach, right? All of this kind of stuff. All so, so, so important. So you've got to be committed to that goal, but you've got to be willing to be flexible in your approach. It can't be, well, in order to get this, I have to train four days a week for an hour at a time in the gym and I have to eat this much and do these certain things. That just might not be the case for yourself, right? You might have to be willing to adapt. You might have to be willing to change things and you will have to change things over time because as I said, life is random. Shit hits the fan sometimes, but you've got to adapt. If you don't know how to adapt, reach out to us. Let us help you. Send us a DM on Fit Dads Club on Instagram. Uh, check out the the YouTube channel. Send us a comment. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. Uh, head to fit-dad.club. Book in a call. We can have a chat about how we can help you move the needle forward, get from where you are to where you want to be, especially if you've been trying this and you've been not really making the right adjustments or not being 100% committed to the plan because you don't know if it's going to get you results. That's what we can do. We can help you find out, is the plan you're currently doing enough to get you the results that you're looking for? And that's where a coach can come in. They can have that practice side to say, you know what, we probably need to do a little bit more or if we can eat a little bit less or, you know what, just be patient. I'm sure that this will continue to get results over the next two weeks. That is the beauty of having a coach. So if you need that sort of help, let us know. If not, feel free to send us a DM, give us a comment on any of the uh, the Instagram stuff or the YouTube stuff, really helps us out. And uh, look forward to, uh, yeah, chatting to you guys next time, hopefully with uh, with Trav, but I'll keep you posted as to, to how he goes. I'm sure he will on his Instagram as well. So until I see you next time, peace out. I'll chat to you soon.